Kansas City to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Switch is on. Mother I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. I'm going to show you a little bit of my room right now before we go on. I know you're recording this. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, but, that, but that's my little my little shrine over here. Oh, for him. So that's what I got for now. Um, right. But I'm wearing jet stuff. So, you know, it is what it is. I'm going to keep that on the show because hey, I think people I need gotta, to see that. So. I got to ask, are you a Jets Islanders Mets fan? So I am not, unfortunately. Right. I am a Jets Islanders Yankees fan. Okay. All right, all right, but but, but I'll for the Mets. You don't, yeah, Those you don't hate the Mets, yet. which is like an anomaly. But I'm going to do our intro. I'm going to keep this in here because it's too good. So the switch is on Battle Line podcast, and as you could tell from the title, as you could hear so far, we're doing something definitely a little bit different outside of our wheelhouse. And I've wanted to do this for a while. Um, we've had Will on the show before, host of On the Board Sports, and then his own podcasts back on episode 63. Uh, Chris Dykos, we had on back on episode 114, really to talk more about your career as an Army Ranger and a little bit as your career that followed as a educator, and I should say Airborne Army Ranger with 275. But how this kind of came to be is knowing Will for a few years now when we started the podcast as as I always say, like the most diehard Islander fan there is, season ticket holder, and then knowing that Chris, I found out just becoming friendly with you, are a huge Kraken fan and a huge hockey fan just in general. And I was trying to find an angle that we could do this and fate kind of lined up that our two teams made it to the playoffs as a wild card. So here we are. Wild card number one in the West. Wild card number one in the East. How about that? And Seattle, you know, they, for the two years that they've been there, you know, they should have had a hockey team for the longest time. I know with what happened with the Supersonics leaving, that sucks. They should still be there, in my opinion. But, you know, yeah. ownership and money happens. But it's a beautiful city. I've been there. Love Climate Pledge Arena. That's in my top five arenas that I've been to. So, And wait, Will, nice Will you should tell the audience you've been to all of them, correct? Yes. So for the people out there that are watching and listening to this, I've done all 32 arenas. I've been all over and Seattle is a top five arena to go to, in my opinion. That's great to hear. It is. It's hear, it. They did a lot. It was uh, they that renovation was amazing. They lifted the roof. They suspended that roof for mm-hmm. wire construction. They tried to hold on to much as the original glass. Um, so it's a pretty cool place to go to when you're at when you're checking out the arena. If you just happen to be in town and be walking by, you can actually look down into the arena from the outside. Oh, yeah. Watch the warm ups and see what's going on. So it's and, pretty cool. And the craziest part about that arena, too, in my opinion, I know you're you're a local, Chris, is the fact that it's literally in a neighborhood. It's yeah. literally like there's a bunch of townhouses right outside the arena. 
you know, you got the Space Needle, you got the whole park over there, which is great. And that's something that if this Seattle Kraken team can make a run deep into the playoffs, imagine the fans outside of Climate Pledge Arena just watching oh, yeah. everything. It, it would be unbelievable, all the watch, watch parties that they would have and stuff. It would be a tremendous asset if the crowd were deep. Back to what you were mentioning before, the Sonics. The Sonics played there, and that was definitely that. The neighborhood was definitely hopping when the Sonics were there. Mm-hmm. And then there was this guy called Howard Schultz. You may have heard of him. <laughs> yeah. I believe I've heard of him before. <laughs> I'm drinking coffee, not Starbucks. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm just glad that this kind of lined up the way that it did. And we were speaking, Chris, before we started recording that you've just been a, a lifelong hockey fan and you're not someone who just got into it when the Kraken came to be. But being in Seattle, this became your team. I grew up a Caps fan. Um, I was mentioning to Ian before we started recording that um, one of my uh, recurring nightmares that I have over and over again is the image of Pat LaFontaine. Um, I think it was 85, 86 playoffs against the Caps. I think it was game seven. At least that's how I remember it, right? That's how it feels. Um, and he, uh, Pat LaFontaine, it was like double overtime, skates a puck up from his defensive zone, crosses across our blue line, slap shot, goal, game's over. It's like 1 a.m., long, sad drive home. That was way before my time, but the Easter epic is what they call it up here. Oh. And it was four overtimes, I believe. And it was game seven. I think it was right after the dynasty. And, yeah. you know, he just wound up hitting it. And I actually met Pat LaFontaine. You know, and he he's a night he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. So that's awesome. That's you know, awesome. Just, just totally one of those one of those sweetheart of guys. And you kind of wish he was an Islander for his whole career, but unfortunately, other things happened, and we won't get into that. But one of the game's greats for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What when you were overseas as as a Ranger, Chris? And you, if I remember correctly, you were overseas, right? You were I. I would um no well not that I mean we got sent places down in Central America. Yeah, yeah. No, but I just meant that you served um well, I guess not technically overseas then, right? So you served in other I wasn't countries. Stationed. I wasn't stationed there. Uh we were in Fort Lewis the whole time. Got you. Okay. Well, what I was wondering though is just even being outside your element, was hockey something that you got to watch regularly and reminded you of being back home? Uh, I, I tried, I, I played a little pickup hockey a little bit when I was serving. Um, so in Tacoma, they had, um, really dumpy arena and a very <laughs> industrial section in town. Um, but it was awesome because you had guys from all over the country playing. Um, a lot of the guys from in the army, um, guys in the air force also in the area. Um, so you had a lot of transplants. Uh, it was before the big dot-com boom was really in full swing yeah. up here. Um, but yeah, during the army, that was definitely um, a nice little breather um, to get away from things and and just have fun focusing on the game um, and some really high quality players. Um, the local area before the Kraken got here, tons of transplants. Um, so the men's league hockey was really good. And there's a long hockey history here. I don't think a lot of people realize that. It's a great trivia question if you didn't know this. Um, which US city has the first Stanley Cup? Seattle. Yeah, what year? 1917. Dude, yeah. leave it to Will to know this. I and Will knows this. I mean, I am a more casual sports fan, but when a, te a team here is doing as great as they are, and I know it's been a hot and cold season for sure, 
I mean, two years ago when we got beat by the lightning in the playoffs, it was like, all right, we got beat by the best team in the league last year. Things didn't go as planned, got rid of Barry trots. I think a lot of fans were unhappy with that decision. And this year it just looked like it was very possible. This team wouldn't make the playoffs, even in these last few games. I mean, it came down to the absolute wire. So yeah, point (laughs) being, Will is like the guy who follows this, day in and day out season ticket holder has a closet full of Islander jerseys, but I'm just, I'm excited for what's to come. I mean, what do you guys think is going to happen? Because the Islanders are facing um, the hurricanes, right? I mean, great team. I think people are happy that at least it's not the Bruins. Um, But do you guys, either you guys have high hopes for your team going further into this playoffs as a wild card. Let's start off here with Chris on this one. Uh, So, Super happy they made it. <laughs> um, our goaltending is the biggest weak link that we have. Um, all three goalies have below a 90% save average. Um, the only reason why I think we're where we are is because those goalies get maybe about 20 shots a game. So it keeps us right around two or three goals against us. Um, if we, um, so I just, I, I, I'm hopeful and, I hope they make it past Avalanche. I'm glad we're not playing Dallas. I'm glad we're not playing Edmonton. Um, so Avalanche is my preference of the teams we had to face against. Um, but it's, really? it's what's that? Really? Yeah. Okay. Why, 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 what is your wonder there? No, because with the way how the Avalanche have been playing, they haven't had really a lot of their stars. You know, you, Nathan McKinnon's been hurt the past couple. Right. You know, he was doing well. Uh, you got Gabe Landeskog being hurt. He's coming back, supposedly. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. <laughs> you know, to that extent. And now you got, you know, who, who's the other guy? Miko Rantanen. He, I think he was also hurt, too. But, you know, these guys, they're, they're coming back to that they're sense. They're coming back healthy, and then I guess maybe not. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was it was going to be a tough draw no matter what. You mentioned the fact that all three goaltenders have a below per, a save percentage of 900. Not the best, not ideal. Uh, kind of, you know, you want to build from without, from within. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at the, the the Kraken team right now, you guys got young talent. Oh, great you talent. Know, uh, on offense. Talent. Yeah, we got si- over six guys, 20-plus goals. Um, a couple of those guys also, a few injuries. It would have been more than six guys. I think only three teams have 20-plus goals with six guys. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, what what have your thoughts have been on uh, Matty Beniers? I love him. I, he, he's, he's the future and I'm so excited about him. Um, actually, I actually, the last game I ran into, uh, a kid who played on his prep school line. Yeah. So Maddie played one year, I guess, for Milton Academy, which I didn't realize a, a good friend of mine growing up also played for Milton Academy. Um, it was a team that we would occasionally play, um, when I was playing the prep school league and, uh, he his uh his mother was the kid the kid and his mother were there when i say kid they're in the 20s right they're in the mid-20s now right. but um it was pretty cool to see them there and and i was just telling her like i'm so excited that we're gonna build this team around maddie benera like that is our future that is our legacy player that is the guy that's going to carry this team forward um not um really really selfless player in his style um kid needs a little more size but I'm excited. I'm excited to see him in the future. And I'm excited for, um, I keep saying this, I'm excited for when we trade Grubauer and see who we get in the net. Because <laughs> he's the highest played player on the team, or at least he was. He, so, yeah. I mean, 
through the expansion draft too. You guys took him right to that extent. And we got rid of uh, what's it? What's his name? Uh, Vicen- uh, Vicenic, uh Who's he with now? Manichek. Uh, he's with he's with uh, the Devils right now. Yeah. yeah, he was with the Caps. Yeah. And we had him, and we let him go. Yeah, I remember that. So if we had that right now, man, I would I I'd be arguing we may make a deep run right now. Maybe first round. Maybe it's, it's a it's a long process, man. You know, anything's possible in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but. I got to ask you this as an Islander fan. How do you guys like Jordan Everly thus far? I love him. He's awesome. He's a great, he's, he's the mature, he's the mature man on the team. He's like, he's like the, he's, he's the, uh, you know, he's, he's the wise sage in the locker room and, and on the ice. He's awesome. Uh, I hope we hold on. I hope he finishes out his career with us. He's, he's definitely one of the best man. No doubt about it. And what, so, he's, he's part of the 20 plus also. Yeah, part of the 20 plus goals. Yes, you're right. You're right on that. Couple- so what do, what do you think, Will? I was going to ask because I know that and I should tell people we're recording this on Saturday. By the time this goes up on Tuesday, um, we'll have played our first game. Um, but this is an important series because the winner of this goes on to play the winners of the Devils and the Rangers. That's going to be a really exciting series. Yeah, I don't for sure. Yes. Yes. So, um, yeah, I'm just wondering for you. I know, you know, I mean, I was at a game with you where there were chance of a new coach, right? In mid-February, people are yeah. not very happy with Lane yeah. Lambert. Definitely some major changes to the team in, you know, earlier this year that have changed things. Bo Horvat, for sure. Uh, Pierre Engvall, for sure. Um, but what do you think, man? I mean, I think a lot of people were reluctant if they would even make it, as I said earlier. Now we're in it. How far do you think we're going to get? Well, first and foremost, this all starts off here with the goaltending situation with Ilya Sorokin in that. He's been absolutely an, a best finalist. He's an MVP candidate. He should yeah. be an MVP candidate for the heart, uh, in my opinion. But, you know, there's other great names there, too, when you're looking at who is in there with Matty Kachuk scoring these goals left and right for Florida, bringing them back into relevance here. Uh, you know, you look at the other netminders that are around, like Lennis Allmark and with you know, with Igor Shesterkin playing well. But if it wasn't for the play of Ilya Sorokin, this team would not be where they are right now. They wouldn't. And when they were playing in January, I was up in Seattle on New Year's Day, seen that seen that disaster of, of, a, of a road trip. And as the season went on, as that month went on, I'm saying to myself, this team needs something. And when they won the two games against Detroit and Vegas, they wound up getting Bo Horvat. And Horvat has literally changed the complexion of the way how this team is played. Now, if Matthew Barzell was healthy, it would be one thing. Oh, but yeah. they're doing this all without Barzi. And it's crazy. And you talk about a guy that played up in Seattle with the Thunderbirds, was there too. Great little arena that they got up there for the WHL team for the Thunderbirds. But to get back to Barzi, He's just absolutely been uh, uh, to Horvat, excuse me. He's been a godsend for this team. And it just his leadership, the way how he goes on the boards and does things. Yeah, he didn't score over the course of time. But, you know, there are other things that he does that people don't realize or that people don't necessarily. uh, They don't necessarily see on the ice, his play on the boards. Him getting to some of the dirty areas, you know, him getting open to take shots on net. It's really been unbelievable to say how Bo Horvat has changed his team. And without Sorokin or Horvat, 
these Islanders wouldn't be where they are right now. We'd be talking about them in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes at this point in time. So a really good, really good situation for the Islanders to come back. And when they made the trade for Bo Horvat, keep in mind, they were fighting for a wild card spot. Pittsburgh and Washington were, I believe, one and two. And now both teams are out of the playoffs. So it goes to show you that you got to play full 82 games, man. And with the way how the Islanders are from goaltending out with the defense being the way how it is, they can definitely pull off an upset against the Hurricanes, in my opinion. They can. Yeah, and and the Devils and Rangers are both amazing teams this season. And to see the Islanders play either of them this next round of the playoffs would be, man, how crazy would those games get? Oh, here in New York, it would be yeah. absolutely insane. Ian, you you've been the games. You're you're you live out in the island. You know what it's like. You know, talk about it's the first time in 29 years that you have the Rangers, the Devils, the right. Islanders, and if right. you want to talk basketball, you got the Knicks and the Nets playing too. At that same point, so it's pretty incredible, right there, to say the very least. Uh, you know, you look at what the Rangers and the Devils bring. People talk about '94, the Mateo 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 series, right? You go back to like the 97, you go to 2000, 2012, when Henrique scored uh, the game winner in game six to send the Devils to the Stanley Cup final against the Kings. And then you look at, you know, what put Sean Avery on the map against Martin Brodeur. That was a playoff series as well. So when you look at it right now, Devils, Rangers, that's like, it's one of the best. It's one of the best. And if the Islanders beat the Hurricanes, whoever plays, you know, whoever wins that series out of the Devils and the Rangers have to go up against the Islanders or the Canes. So there's a lot of history here, no matter what, no matter how you look at it. And, you so, know, the NHL execs are drooling over those numbers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely they are. Absolutely. They wanted this. They got it. Yep. And for a lot of fans, they want to see, they want to see, you know, what happens here in round two. But round one, is definitely going to be interesting for sure. Definitely going to be a high-scoring series you got for the Rangers. You got a young, young nucleus with the kid line. You got Artemi Panarin with Mika Sabanajev. They traded for uh, for uh, Tarasenko and for Patrick Kane. It's great. It's good for them. It's good for – it's good for uh, – listen, I hate the Rangers, but I'll give them credit. They went all out, and they yeah. they went all in on this roster that's something that you want to see it would be an epic disaster if they lose in the first round but again this is something that you want to see this is something that you want to see no doubt i gotta admit i am a closet rangers fan (laughs) well it was the first it was the first nhl uh, player i got to meet was dave baloney okay Uh, and so i was i was i was living up in syracuse and i was in a little hockey camp that he was running and i got you know my photo take with him they gave me a pennant and so that was like until i became a Cavs fan i was a rangers fan okay you know know, as long as you met a player and that that's the connection that's what you're six years old you meet this nhl player yeah you're, you're you're in I, I grew up a Rangers fan because I just got to go to a bunch of games with friends. And, and I mean, that was also an amazing team, man. I mean, Mark Messier and Brian Leach yeah. and Jeff Bukaboom. Yeah. I mean, how do you not love those players? They are classic. How, how can't you appreciate being at Madison Square Garden? That's that's true to some extent, although I should throw that to Will because you've been to every hockey arena, as we said earlier, and you will adamantly say that MSG is an overrated arena. This. It's a dump. 
it's the history. Emmett, well, even if you're looking at it from the perspective of the history from the two sports teams, really outside of Clyde Frazier and the 94 team, there's really been nothing over there. There really hasn't. All the opponents have been going over there. And, right. you know, they've been doing their thing, whether it's Kobe, Jordan, you got Reggie Miller doing his thing with in the NBA, right? And LeBron, too, to that extent. Everybody loves playing in the Garden, but they never can get players there outside of what the Rangers are doing right now. Maybe this changes it around for, for the Rangers and for the Knicks with Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. Who knows? But there's just really nothing going There's been three versions of the Garden, guys. Three yeah. versions of the Garden. You know, and and, and the recent one, took down a train station that should have been a historic landmark. It's not the case. It's a dump. I haven't been to the new one. I, I, I'm talking again back in the 80s and 90s here. <laughs> Make your way over here. You, I think you'll like it to an extent. You know, They put a lot of money into the renovations over here, but I don't want to be talking like a hater. But at that same <laughs> point in time, who's paying? You know, Just because it's a tourist attraction close to Times Square, everything like that, and you're above one of the busiest train hubs in the world, Oh yeah, but, you know, I don't even want to go on about it. But you, you also know, Will. It's like it's so crazy to see the um, difference between going to a game at Madison Square Garden and UBS in terms of like if someone is coming to visit New York and they just want to go see a hockey game, you're going to pay in some cases at least double the price just to see a regular season Ranger game over a regular season Islander game, just because of. Madison Square Garden, it's extremely easy to get to, although now UBS Arena, you could take the train there as well. But um, it's just the same same thing as Yankees versus Mets. Like, you can go to a Met game for crappy seats for like $20. That does not exist at Yankee Stadium. And uh, if you're going to a regular season Ranger game, you're paying at least $100. Um, you can get last-minute tickets to an Islander game for a great deal. Yeah, and not only that too, but when you look at – what UBS is, it's, you know, wider concourses, easier ways to get in. Yeah, people complain about, you know, where the train station is and where the arena is, but they're building up, they're building up around the arena. They're going to have a hotel in the next year or two over there. They're going to have shopping, a shopping district right across the street from UBS arena. So it's, it's definitely getting there as far as where, where it's supposed to be at. But to, like I said, MSG, what, what's up? Sorry, interrupting there. Uh, that's what they were trying to do here. They were originally going to try to build an arena down in the stadium area of the city right. with hotels, with entertainment, kind of like L.A. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sounds like that's what they're trying to do there. Yeah, and that, you know, with the way how the arena is, it's, Ian, you've been there for a couple of games. Me, I've been there for almost every, every game. game for the past two games, for the past two years, excuse me. It's one of the nicer buildings in the league by far, no doubt about it. And there have been some Ranger fans that have said the same thing as well. Okay. So it, it's it's a proven it's a proven fact. Um, you know that it's a, it's a nice new arena, no doubt about it. But uh, you know, to get back to MSG for a second, you know, it's the world's most famous arena. I get it. I understand it from from that marketing perspective. But if we're looking at you know, famous arenas over the past 20 years regarding sports memories. Crypto.com Arena, Staples Center, you mentioned it earlier, has way more history over the past 20 years than, than let's say, you know, MSG has. And I understand the concert venues. I understand the wrestlers that have been there. I also understand the college basketball history that has gone through there. But you can't tell me about what has happened 
over the course of time with the professional sports teams because they've been they've been what did, what did you think of the TD garden overrated overrated building it was going through construction small hallways team yeah. store wasn't that that nice but it, 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 which, it which arena is this I'm sorry yeah. where, TD garden where, up in Boston Boston okay gotcha. yeah not which is, which is still a step up for the Boston garden by the way <laughs> I've I've never been to the Boston Garden. I'm too. Oh my god! <laughs> Again, it's like Fenway, right? Like historic, wonderful, right. and all this history. It's a dump. <laughs> and like, it'd be, fog, it'd be fog on the ice. Like the teams have to do like you know warm up circles to get to yeah. raise the fog up from the ice. Like it was I could so sort of get that though. I mean, I think just like the nostalgia and the memories is what matters for people because Will right. could definitely say. I mean, NASA Coliseum, a dump, but but we loved it, right? I mean, I have so many memories of NASA Coliseum, not just of the Islanders, but of seeing like Pantera and Slayer and running over the barricade and getting on the floor. Like I, I grew up with that arena. Well, that's like the Cap Center when the old Cap Center, which was in Landover, Maryland, again, total like no, no, no bells, no whistles, nothing. It's just like you got your cement seats, sit down, enjoy the game. And, you know, it was, there was no, nothing to it. And now, like, I appreciate, I really do appreciate Climate Pledge Arena. Um, it's fun, but man, all the bells and whistles result in these really expensive tickets. The beers are like 15 bucks each. The food, like you're spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars if it's you and somebody you're going out with to the game, right? So my wife and I go to the game, we're spending like 300 bucks at least just on food and drinks. And so... It's insane to think about like, why can't we just like strip it down a little bit, have a great experience without all the bells and whistles and make it affordable and accessible for everybody else versus all these corporations coming and making massive expensive arenas. It's the way how it is, man. It's the it way is. how it is now. It you is. Know? Yeah. yeah. Chris, I want to, I want to get that place now. Chris, I want to get to know you a little bit, man. Yeah. How did you get into hockey? Uh, grow up just as a kid. Um, First started playing in upstate New York. Um, my dad played uh, hockey also. Um, he was a goalie and uh, he was on the practice squad for the Pittsburgh Hornets back when it was six NHL, six AHL teams. Okay. Um, so that um, a friend of mine up in upstate New York said, hey, let's go play. And ever since then, I've, it's been my favorite sport to play. Nice. So, yeah, went through high school, played uh, a little bit in college. Um, and then made the uh, practice squad for the admirals and decided no longer want to play hockey. Will, did you, did you play at all or you've just no. always been a fan fan, always been a fan, never really could skate. Uh, never could really, you know, I didn't understand the rules. So growing up for me, I, I'm, I'm from Queens. I'm from Queens, New York, grew up big baseball, big basketball fan, actually. Um, hockey would be the fourth sport to watch on the list. And, you know, I tried skating when I was younger, right? Didn't like falling down, didn't know how to skate. And <laughs> always because of falling down, I had a fear of just like falling down, but right. it wasn't until like later on in life when I went to an Islander game and I'm saying to myself, Oh my God, these fans are absolutely amazing. The fans, you know, the players, how they have this community. And not only that, when you're an Islander fan, you know, it's so it's such a small fan base in all reality. When you really yeah. think of it, you know, you play in a New York market, but it's a small fan base. You get to know everybody that goes to the games. You put out your ideas out there on social media. And 
you know, people gravitate to it in that sense. And they, you know, it's really been an unbelievable ride uh, to say the very least. And then meeting up with people in my section, it was unbelievable how, how that happened. I went and Will, that. Will's section, I will say, I mean, it's legendary. It is the it, rowdiest section. Section 329, Blue and Orange Army. Okay. They are, they are without a doubt, probably one of the passionate, not the passionate fan groups in yeah. all of professional sports. You could talk about the Bleacher Creatures. Yeah. You, know, you could talk about, you know, what the Oakland A's have in section 149 being at every game. But when you talk about the Islander fans, when you talk about the Blue and Orange Army, man, they they know how to bring a crowd together into it. And, you know, it's been unbelievable. And if you if you listen to a game, go on YouTube and you 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 hear a drum, that's not a mascot. That's not the team. That's not the team or the team mascot playing that drum. That's us. That's us playing the drum in that section. That's what I love. That's is it a drum or is it you guys banging on the wall? <laughs> like, no, no, it's it's a it's a fan who brings okay. his own drum and yeah. the guy the guy basically bangs on it every game. And you know, during the playoffs when they have the, the extra microphones, you can hear the drum basically almost all game. Right. It's it's incredible. It really is. And and getting this hang out in that section with you, you know, for one game. Uh, some of the chants we will say, like, not not the most family friendly. If, no, they're uh, not. You're going they're to a not. game. <laughs> they're not, but it's it it's it's all part. It's all about being in a supporter section. That's what we are. So whether or not we're doing good or we're doing bad, we're there to support the team no matter what. So that's the way how it is being being a part of a supporter section. So what what was that big transition for you from like it was your number four sport? So what, how, how did that transition happen? So, okay. So this is crazy for me because going, like I said, growing up, I didn't like the sport. I didn't really know about the sport per se. And then, like I said, once I started going to a couple of games, like I went through, I went through an apprenticeship program and once I got more time away from that apprenticeship program and I graduated it, right. You know, you go you go up to the Yankee games. It's a little bit too far out of the way. I'm out, I'm out in Long Island. It's a little bit too far out of the way, right? Jet games, they happen once a week for 16 weeks. And the fans are just as passionate over there. But it, it is what it is. But the Islander fans, they're just so they're so into it. And you just get into it with them. And it's like, you know, you're you're a part of it. You go to every game, you get to experience it. And I get ripped apart by some by some of my friends. They like, they're like, how can you go to every single Islander game? And I'm like, you guys don't understand. It's a community. You exactly. You don't understand the community that's involved here, and it's just absolutely unbelievable what what it is. I brought my girlfriend to her first game, and she's like, "You guys are loud." <laughs> this past week and i'm like yeah you know just wait till the playoffs when you hear us on tv yeah you know yeah, well i was gonna say I, I remember having a conversation with you will um you know your girlfriend lives in canada this is before you were right. with your girlfriend and i remember i we just had a conversation about this about other stuff and you were saying yeah i'd love to be in a relationship at this point in my life but you said you were like whoever i'm with they need to know that I am going to go to every Islander game. Like this right. is a huge part of my life. I'm going to go to every Jets game. 
And there, and there are Sundays where I've seen where you go all the way to New Jersey for a Jets game. And if the Islanders are playing that same Sunday, you get on the train and go to UBS arena to watch the Islanders at night. And like for you, that's a non-negotiable way of your life. You, you know, it, it's, it's something that I was in uh, a previous relationship and I had one girl that I was going out with and she basically told me, Oh, I can only do one game. And then it would just be like watching it on TV. It's nice watching the games on TV, but there is nothing like going to a game and having to interact with fans. You know, and I, when I broke up with that person, I told myself I was never going to miss whether it, I, I was always going to be at a game, whether it was Jets, Islanders, Yankees. I did that for about six years. I, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, Ian and Chris. I'm willing to settle down right now. You know, I am. But at that same token, you know, it all depends on who who it is. And I feel like I, I have a certain special lady in my life that I would I would settle down with. But right now, as it stands, I'm down to go to as many games as I possibly can. I, there's nothing like going to to a game that's in person live. You get to feel the crowd. And with the, the Jets. I know I'm crazy saying this, but if they ever make it to the Super Bowl, I'm going to be there for that Super Bowl. I will be. I'll spend whatever money it is to, to go. So that that's just me talking. That's you a know? lot of passion. You should have a hockey podcast or something. I, 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 I do on the board sports. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hope you guys are enjoying this episode with Airborne Army Ranger Chris Dykos and, as I like to call him, Long Island celebrity Will Chiarucci. Uh, before we continue, if you've been with this podcast since the very beginning, then you know our sponsor from the very beginning has been Fort Scott Munitions. They are a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammo being CNC-spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Now, you can go to any state... And you'll be able to find Fort Scott Munitions by clicking on the dealer locator at FSM.com and typing in your zip code. But you'll get the best deal through us online when you go to FSM.com and you enter the promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. Once again, that's FSM.com, promo code BATTLELINE. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and the BATTLELINE podcast. We love what they do. Once again, it's simply fsm.com, promo code BATTLELINE. This is the best ammo on the market. And of course, you know what? We're talking about sports. So let's talk about the only 100% NSF for sports certified brand of collagen protein, Bubs Naturals. And actually, in the last episode, we uh, we talked briefly about Dan Taco Cirillo, Navy SEAL, who turns out was a friend of Sean Lake. If you go to Sean Lake's Instagram, he put up some memories with Dan, so rest in peace to Dan. Um, I feel like Sean just knows so many guys in the special operations community, and particularly Navy SEALs. So um, 
Love working with Sean. Love working with Bub's Naturals. Now, if you haven't checked out Bub's Naturals already, their flagship supplement is really their collagen protein. And if you don't really know much about collagen, you might want to know now what is collagen. Collagen is the most abundant protein in the human body. It is literally the glue that holds our bodies together. Collagen is a blend of highly functional amino acids found in all of the body's connective tissues. Now, for Bub's Naturals, they upcycle cowhide that would be wasted by leather tanneries that they use from pasture-raised and grass-fed cows. An enzyme bath breaks down the hide into molecules and boosts the amino acid profile. The collagen is agglomerated and hydrolyzed into a powder. Now, what makes Bub's Naturals different is, once again, they stand alone as single-sourced and certified and are flavorless, 100% NSF or sports certified as their brand, single-sourced. And after your early 20s, collagen production declines every year. Collagen is critical to the support and reconstruction of joints, supports gut health and muscle recovery, and promotes healthy skin, hair, and nails. And I just had my uh, Bub's Naturals last night after a workout. They also have their MCT oil powder, which I mix with the collagen protein. Their apple cider vinegar gummies, great for cleansing, and all their other great supplements. Their Bub's Brew, so check them out bubsnaturals.com use the promo code battleline for 20% off that's bubsnaturals.com the best supplements out there for collagen for mct oil powder now let's get back to our episode talking hockey with will chiarucci and chris dykos well and on the board is really uh it's like all sports yeah definitely is you talk about baseball hockey basketball football whatever it is so that, yeah, that's I, where it goes. I know that like the thing that's interesting with you too is like a lot of people from this area who are into the Islanders, like their dad was into the Islanders and they got to see all those classic games. And I know you've said like you got into this on your own. Your dad was not like a big hockey fan or anything. But for Chris, did you grow up in a family that was into all this? Oh, yeah, no, my dad definitely is a sports fan. Um, and again, I, I hockey was 24 seven, right? It was year round. So getting to like quickly got to a, a um, an ability within play that results in like summer leagues and you're constantly traveling. So hockey was most of my youth. So a lot of it was on the road playing. My dad was coaching a little bit, um, but a lot of road trips and yeah, just consumed did, everything. Did you have a favorite idol growing up? Uh, Bobby, Bobby Carpenter. I don't know if you guys remember who that is. Bobby Carpenter was on um, the Capitals. He was the first American player to make 50 goals in NHL. Wow. And then and then uh, during a warm-up, uh, I was at the Cap Center. He's at, done with warm-ups. You know, some of the guys are giving autographs, and I lean over, and I yell out, and I'm like 13, 12. Mr. Carpenter, may I please have your autograph? And he looks up at me and says, fuck off, kid. So... <laughs> So you couldn't be a fan anymore after that, that, right? Idol, (laughs) that's that's wild that that happened though. And he was like, he was like twenty, twenty one at the time. And how old were you? I was like twelve. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's so messed up though, man. You know. So that was my that was my yeah. So it was kind of interesting. Like it was a little quick quick clarity of like, okay, they're human. Well, you've you've met a lot of players of of all different teams like doing what you do have you met anyone who was a total just total dick uh very good question right there um 
that's a tough one right there because all of them, all the hockey players that I've met have been nice uh, to that extent. You know, the nicest guy that, that I met, like I said, was Pat LaFontaine, you know, uh, Josh Bailey. Cool. cool flashback. Dude. Sorry. Have a flashback. <laughs> I apologize for that. I, I know, I know earlier on <laughs> in the episode. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Pat LaFontaine was nice. Like any of the hall of famers have been extra nice, like pot fan Gillies. I met Gillies once. Uh, before he passed away, super nice guy. Like if you had a conversation with him for five minutes, you felt like you'd known him or he know he knew you for like a long time, you know, even though it was for for passing for a couple minutes. Uh, you know, the legends are nice. I never had a I never had a bad experience with anybody. Never did. Never yeah, did. Yeah, which is good. Opinions. It's probably different now too. I think like guys of this age range know how to handle fan or interactions and probably the media better because of social yeah. media and because everything is out there so if you're a jerk to a fan and someone captures it on video it could go viral it could go on instagram or twitter and you don't want that out there i'm sure back in the 80s there was still smoking cigarettes in a locker room <laughs> yeah like, it, was, it was still that kind of hockey <laughs> yeah it was just a different time frame um one thing i wanted to ask you guys about because we were texting about this back and forth and no matter what we do on battle line podcast there's always got to be some type of military connection or 2a connection it's just kind of what we do and i was thinking of how do you tie that into hockey and the obvious way that you do is that veterans are recognized every game for nhl games it's definitely something unique they do it's mm -hmm. cool seeing the whole crowd get up and chant usa and applaud these guys for their service and um and the thing that i actually mentioned this two episodes ago when chris was on and i said that to me chris dykos is the most un vet bro vet that i think i've i've met uh it's just you, you know you're very different than someone like chris peranto in that sense and i think your reaction to that may be a little different than his. I mean, I don't, I always yeah. see it as being all positive that they do that every game personally. So, and, and Chris Prano and I definitely have varying opinions and, and, and views and yet we still respect each other and, and appreciate each other immensely. Um, but yeah, I, I, um, so my father served, I served, my son is serving. Yeah, that's right. And For some degree, like every single game, there is a military veteran recognition. And I can appreciate the military service, obviously, right? Um, Multi-generational service. Um, but it seems a bit much um, at every single game, there is the honoring of a vet when I wonder like, one, why? Um, there are many other services that we could be honoring as well. I appreciate when you honor a vet, but every single game, <laughs> all 41 games that I attend, they're honoring a vet and so, or not even a vet, just someone currently serving. Like some of them are even like a recruiter, like they're honoring a recruiter. Um, when I really do wish they would be honoring like other services as well, like honor teachers, honor social services, honor all these other things that people contribute to our society um, to make it a better place. And so there are other ways to serve beyond military service. And again, not to diminish military service. Father's a vet. I'm a vet. My son is serving. Obviously, we have some appreciation of that service, but at the same time, it feels a little over the top. I brought a friend from, uh, this is the, what I love doing with our tickets is I try to bring people who've never been to a hockey game before. And one of my neighbors is from Germany. And 
we were talking, the, the, the honor of the vet occurred and, or not the vet current service, so active service member they were honoring. And I brought this up to him saying, wow, we really do this a lot. And he was under the impression as somebody from Germany that in the US, the vast majority of people serve. And so that was kind of like surprising to him when I pointed out, no, that's not true. Um, if you look it's, at the- It's like, what is it? 1% or less than 1%, right? Seven, so if you take the entire US population right now, so that's people who, vets, I guess we don't, I don't think we have any vets beyond World War II right now. So be pretty damn old. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. You know, World War One vet, really? Okay, wow, it's impressive. If <laughs> um, so of all those vets, so think about how many people served during World War II. And and had to and had and to had to, right yeah and right now the overall population seven percent of people have had military service of the generation of like Gen X to now it's four percent so my friend was asking me like well why is all this military admiration going on when so few people actually serve and that's what it kind of reminds me of it feels like okay let's honor vets because the vast majority of us don't do this and we're just going to throw it up there and kind of cleanse ourselves of our guilt, so to speak, mm. of not serving at, while we have continuous wars going on. Um, all right, I'm on my rant. I'm rambling here on my team. No, but I think that's okay. you, you, have a, you have a unique perspective, though, because I think truly I don't think most vets would agree with you on this. And at the same time, you are a vet and who comes from a family, the same things that you just said. And not only just served in the military, but served in special operations. So I think- Yeah, my son right. does as well. Yeah. It, it, and your, your son's a ranger as well, or? No, he's he's in, he's with First Special Forces Group. He's That's he's, right. And you told me that last show that you were on, but yeah, it's just been a while. But he's but. part of the SOCOM community, right? Like, sure. Do you think he would feel the same way? And, and actually, yeah. I'm wondering, were, were you, do you, have you made it so that- even though you're at practically every game that you've never been honored? Because, I mean, you should be honored. Oh, no, I, don't like. <laughs> I don't, I don't want, I don't, no, no. I would actually like try and hide like that recognition. I'm here to watch hockey. I don't want to think about the military. I want to enjoy my hockey game. I want to not, honestly, to some degree, don't, you know, some of those memories are kind of, you know, let's, let's just watch hockey. Let's have fun. This is escapism. This is a fun game. And so why do we, like, we, we do the national anthem. Okay, cool. Everybody stand up, do the national anthem. Let's recognize that. All right, great. Glad we all did that. Now let's play hockey. Why do we have to keep honoring veterans or the military at an entertainment event? Yeah, I don't, I mean. It's an interesting, it's an interesting point to that extent. Yeah, because I would say I come from a perspective, and Will does too, where I haven't served. Obviously, doing this show and doing Soft Rep Radio prior, like I've had the honor of meeting so many guys and interviewing so many guys in special operations. And it's funny because, like, when we had Chris Beck on the show, you know, formerly Kristen Beck, if you know that whole story on Navy SEAL, um, Chris was saying to me, uh, I was talking about how Joe Rogan interviews all these Navy SEALs. And I was like, you think Joe Rogan just like, is dying to be a Navy SEAL. And I remember Chris Beck said to me, uh, was like, yeah, but doesn't everybody, doesn't everybody want to be a Navy SEAL? And for me, I'll be honest, like I never grew up with the dream to become a Navy SEAL. And I didn't really even know much about Navy SEALs. I wanted to work in radio. I wanted to do things in music. I, some of which I've had the, the pleasure and honor of doing. But when I got to meet Navy SEALs through my job, I was like, this is a really interesting 
occupation and and the fact that guys throw themselves into the line of fire and are tip of the spear as they say and are willing to make that sacrifice i think is incredible to civilians because it's something that we wouldn't volunteer to do many times um let me throw this out there then so honoring every single time every turn doesn't that kind of dilute that honor I mean, I don't, I don't think so, but I guess my view is also, I think people go about their day and unfortunately don't think about that we have all these wars going on um, and that we still have guys overseas, although we may have withdrawn from Afghanistan. We're still in military bases scattered all over the globe. People have different feelings on that, but I think it's not even in the back of people's mind. And I think to just remember that, yeah, we have guys, if you're at an Islander game, we have guys right here on Long Island who have served in combat in these roles or have served in previous wars. I actually think it's a, it's a good reminder for people. And uh, it's, I mean, this would be a whole nother discussion, but the politicization of stuff in sports, I don't think it's political when we just honor guys because it's not a stamp it's of not, approval of, no, of not the war in Afghanistan or Iraq. It's just an honoring of these men or women. Yeah, no, and but but I guess another wonder I have is if it's such an honor, if it's something that we value so much as a society, why do only four percent serve? I mean, I think I gave my reason there is I kind of had other aspirations and other goals, but I mean, well, you, be- you not you personally, but like as a whole, right? Well, that's like, why I'm wondering, Will, do you like what would your answer? Because I know you're a guy who honors military veterans, and we've had these conversations, and people might say. Why didn't you serve? Because I think everybody has their own reason. We, I'm not asking we, that either, right? Like, yeah, but I mean, I, I think every individual is going to have a different reason for why they didn't go over. I mean, yeah. you know. Well, in my opinion, when we're looking at all this right now, and back in the day, we had the draft, right? You had to go no matter what. You have that. You see all these old, older people right. that are like in their 50s and 60s now, even in their 70s that have quote unquote served, whether or not they went to Vietnam or they were here at a base, you know, they still served. Where opposed to as now, it's like you don't see that anymore. Now you, you know, you're seeing you're seeing it. It's all at the end of the day now, it's it's about a choice that you make in life, whether or not you want to go and serve or not. I've I've known people, I've heard people's stories about how back when 9-11 happened, they joined the army because of what happened on 9-11. So you know, many people have been on this show. Absolutely. Story. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've heard those stories. But when we're looking at it from that that perspective, it's like, you know, people have dreams and stuff in, in that sense where, you know, their dream is to become something. And if it doesn't happen, then, you know, you get put into, you know, you, you take a test to become a cop or a fireman or you do some sort of civil service at that point in time and give back. Uh, in that sense. So, you know, it's all about choices at the end of the day. And I think as, you know, you see from the 60s and the 70s with the uh, the people that protested against not going to Vietnam and not going and serving at that point, like, you know, we all have our choices and stuff at that point. So I, I see both sides of the coin on that. You know, I, I see both sides on the coin. And also too, like from your perspective, Chris, with, with the service, you know, with people honoring people it's almost like at the game like we can't like ian said earlier you know we can't forget what these people did at that point in time you know we can't forget about that because they are forgotten 
in that sense. You know, how, a lot how, of people forget about how, that. How are veterans being forgotten today? Well, with, with the way how the times are, for example, you know, yeah, you have these parks that are named after veterans or streets that are named after veterans. That's great. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, like with the workers, it's like it's it's almost like a a a, a, th- a, a thank you in that sense. You know, like I remember growing up. You go to these stores and outside during like Memorial Day, you know, you see these people that are handing out poppies for a dollar. And Don Cherry actually got fired for his rant on Hockey Night in Canada about Canadian vets and what happened with them. And because of that, he got fired uh, in that sense. It was, of course, a different perspective, but he got he got canned because of that in that sense. You know, he also had several. He had several instances, of course. (laughs) He had several prior instances where he didn't talk about his coat. So, you know, like, no, we're no, absolutely. Not, but... Um, but so let so to that point, if, if this is really, so I guess for me, if we're really honoring vets as a society, mm-hmm. if we're really doing that as a society, besides just everybody like stamping applause at a hockey game, why is the congressional budgetary office considering reducing VA benefits? Why? That I don't know. Some of the austerity measures that are being proposed by the house looks at actually reducing some veteran benefits and is as a society if we truly value them mm-hmm. why i get my all my health care because of injuries sustained during right. my service all my health care is at the va if we really honor vets we need to step it up here versus everybody staying up applauding and then feeling good about themselves because they stood up and pl- applauded vets and then moved on with their week See, yeah, I didn't. I, would, I didn't know this. Supporting veterans. I didn't yeah, know. No, this. I was. I was going to say I definitely agree with that. Um, and I think I would also say to give like a different perspective on that. I think part of that is like we had a show where we had um Jason Piccolo on, who was a guy who was a victim of of some of those burn pits, and we talked about the burn pit legislation, and right, we had a long discussion it. about this. And I and and Chris Beck actually spoke about this as well. When we had Chris on the show. And I think a lot of it goes back to the problems with the political system as a whole, that when we have a we, we have a bill that's supposed to be honoring vets or helping vets with sustained injuries. And this is all of politics. There's always other things in that bill. And we can never just have like a clean bill on this is just going to help veterans who have sustained injuries in burn pits. There's always going to be congressional members who are like, well, I want to, you know, and I'm this is hypothetical, but build a bridge in my district for this, something that has absolutely nothing to do with the bill at large. And we have these giant bills that no one reads, no one in Congress reads because you have to be a lawyer to read these giant bills. And I think it's just a problem with, with our government as a whole is, is it's broken. So so I believe I, 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 I hear you on that. And if the vast, so the arena stands up, right? hundred percent of the arena stands up. If it's truly that authentic, that type of effort would be moving forward as a whole society towards actually giving veterans the benefits that they actually deserve and the health care. And, you know, anyway, I, I just I just I, I, I can appreciate I do appreciate like in at many incidences where vets are being honored, but it feels like a little bit over the top for every single game at an NHL entertainment to do this every single time over and over and over again. 
Um, and also it's kind of this humor seeing this, a fat recruiter get up and everybody's applauding. So it's it's sorry, that's a little that's a little elitist so called, you know, it's a little elitist. No, of course. It's interesting you say that though, because the games I've gone to, I haven't seen as many of that. Like I've seen a lot of right will, like it's a lot of pictures of guys who have been overseas, right? And it's not necessarily like the guy that you're talking about yeah. as much. And even, even, the, even the veterans too. I've seen World War II guys, Vietnam guys that have been literally, you know, celebrated for those 10 seconds, like you mentioned. And, you know, but I, I didn't know about the whole government cutting the, you know, the budget. It's not, it's not, it, it's, it's a proposed. It's, it's proposed. It's, okay. it's not a bill pushing through. But again, like it just drives me nuts. Like my, my son actually brought it to my attention and he right. like, brought in the CBO report. I'm like, oh shit, wow, they're really thinking about cutting down. And it's part of the house trying to have a little more austere measures and um, they can't touch social security now. So they're trying to go after something See, else. You know, th that's the problem that I have with the media right now because there are other things that are going on. People are so focused in on Trump and Biden and all this stuff that's going on, the war in Ukraine. But like for for stuff like this, for you guys, you it's, know, nobody's really yeah. talking about that at all. And I didn't know about that until what you just brought up just now, Chris. That's kind of like in a way kind of scary in that sense where it's the same thing with I'm a construction worker. OK, I you know, I've seen things that basically they don't get talked about as much, but yet people will talk hours on end about you know what's going on in washington dc what's going on with trump where there's other things that we could be worrying about as a country and to hear that on on your end it's like it's horrible to hear that that the country would actually think about cutting funds for our veterans and something that really you know for for the people out there that have served they should be get they should be you know they should be getting whatever whatever it is that they that they deserve because they fought for our for our rights here at that point you know they fought for everything that we have here in turn and for them to take away stuff for for you know for us or for for you guys excuse me that's awful that's yeah. absolutely awful you know i'm sorry to hear that yeah no i i would fully agree it's and it, and we do try to bring up those issues on the show for sure when things like that come up um but yeah i think it does go back to the problems in in government as a whole is that we don't have clean bills that actually like benefit things that that most of america would be behind uh you know it, it's definitely a problem in this country just for the record the medical care that i get at the va excellent um it's just a matter of getting in to the appointment once you get into the appointment um my doctors are all university of washington uh doctors they teach at uw um so i've had nothing but great medical care um often you hear about veterans complaining about the va i just really want to put it out there that again like i the service that i've received is amazing and if they do reduce it that's going to be terrible that's going to suck but um again it's just a proposal it's not even a I got sure sure well, it's just a CBO report, but it does point out like, okay, if you want these austerity measures, here's a good place to cut. Yeah, that's the VA stuff seems to be a regional thing. I think from the guys that I've interviewed there. Are people oh yeah, in again, it, should be. it should not be a regional thing. That is yeah. absolutely ridiculous. And we do have guys 
traveling like five, six hours from Eastern Washington or, you know, um, or Oregon come to Seattle because it has the biggest VA facility. And again, it's tied with the University of Washington. But these guys are having to take the entire day or even a, two days, right, to come to Seattle, spend the night, go to their appointment and go back home. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, because I've from the guys I've interviewed over the past few years, I hear great experiences at the VA, and then you hear terrible experiences at the VA. You even hear the, the stories that are so crazy in the realm of veterans committing suicide in the parking lots of VAs. I mean, there's just horrible stories that we've heard over the years. Um, and I actually think it might tie back to what you're saying about why does such a small percentage of people serve? And I do think there are probably people who honor veterans who respect veterans, but would also say, I don't agree with American foreign policy. I don't agree with why we're in these countries. I don't like hearing about these stories of the VA of guys coming back and not getting treated properly. And that may be a reason that recruitment is down along with many other reasons. I don't know. Yeah. Chris, let me ask you this. Do you ever see a day in which this country would implement the draft again? I, I, I hope they do. Like, and it's not necessarily the draft as as it was like, I, I, I really hope that moving forward, um, service is more committed to as, a, as a nation. It, again, we honor service so much. So right. can we actually commit to service as a society? And it doesn't have to be picking up a gun. It doesn't have to be, uh, going into the military. It can be support of the military. It could be support in your community. It can be volunteering at a school district. It could be volunteering with the park services. But I do, I really do think, and, and one reason I think this is really important is because there's so much isolation right now in our society. Oh, yeah. And when you go into such services, you're forced to engage with people and interact with people that you would never have met in your life, that have varying opinions and experiences. And I think that kind of helps congeal and solidify, solidify us as a society. Again, Chris Perano and I, we're... The spectrum, man, we're at we're at two completely different ends, but we have complete respect for each other because of the shared experience of the service that we had. And so that is where I see benefiting our society with the with these hollowed applauses. Right. I view it as that versus actually committing as a society to say, okay, we respect what these people did. And maybe this is something that we need to think more about as a society, what we should do as well. Yeah. What you're saying about the isolation from other people, it definitely resonates with me. And I think it's such terrible advice out there when I see all this stuff on social media, right? If your parents voted this way, like your parents who supported you throughout your whole life, but they disagree with you politically, cut them out of your life. You don't need these people in your life. And that's yeah. not how the real world should ever work. No. Um, there are people who you're going to completely disagree with you politically, but have your back way more than the people who are aligned with you and voted the same way as you. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, the polarization of the country is just terrible. Um, we tend not to get like super political on the show, but I was going to ask you about this because it ties into what we were talking about with the honoring vets. And you were saying, hey, I'm just here to go to a hockey game. What about like the more recent controversy over the Pride Night stuff? And then you have guys on teams saying, I don't want to wear this Pride Night jersey. And now they're eliminating Pride Nights and things like that. Does that play into the same thing as you, Chris? Because I know, you know, politically, you're probably, you know, I think openly more to the left on things like that. Um, I've always been supporter of gay marriage at the same time. I totally understand if guys are like, 
this doesn't align with my values. And what does this have to do with me being a professional hockey player? Um, what's in their contract? That's my only wonder. <laughs> so I, uh, if it says in their contract that, that they're allowed to object because of religious beliefs or affiliations, then that's fine. That's in their contract. Um, it's, I don't know. I really, I, I don't, again, like, I don't know why we're doing this in sports. Like, I don't, like, I just want to watch a hockey game. <laughs> like, I really do. I mean, and again, like, with the, with Climate Pledge Arena and all the bells and whistles, like, I don't, um, well, I remember, like, the Kraken tentacle coming down and the whole opening and, like, all the money being spent on that stuff, like, uh, versus spending all this money on things like that. Let's just play hockey, have fun, and everybody should be welcomed. Um I, I guess it's exposure for people. I'm trying to think about why you're doing this. And I guess it's about exposure and helping celebrate. And Pride, I thought, is in June. So I'm wondering why it's happening at this time. Um, I appreciated uh, they had like Black History Month. That was interesting um, at the arena as well. So they had an event for that. There were other events like that that they had. And I saw that. I've seen that as well. And I think that, that actually... There's some interesting perspective to that as well, because we know historically there's just not a lot of black players in the NHL. Right. It's slowly right. changing. And I know part of that has been like bringing guys into more black neighborhoods, getting them involved in the game and exposing them to the game. And I understand that for sure. And I, and I would hope that if somebody is, is gay in an NHL that they feel comfortable enough to be open with who they are. And I, but I, I, I don't see the need to make it a big controversy because somebody didn't wear a jersey. It's like, okay, that's that's unfortunate that you're not on board with everybody else. And I respect your beliefs, but this is a team effort. This is what we're doing as an organization. Um, and I that's where I wonder about the contract. Like, is this something your organization is sponsoring truly? And if are you expected to follow with the contract versus creating this division and allowing that division to occur? Yeah. I, I, I hear that and I, I, I respect your opinion on that one, Chris, no doubt about it. But like with, with everything that's going on where I sit at, we have a lot of in this section, we have people that come from many different political beliefs, religious beliefs, mm -hmm. people that come from the LGBTQ, mm -hmm. if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, community, I don't mean any disrespect by the mispronunciation at all on that one, but it, it's just, you know, you want, like you said, you know, you want to bring fans into the sport and you want to introduce them to the sport, basically saying, well, you know what, this sport's different than what right. other sports are at that point in time, you know, and seeing some players like going out there, like for me, for example, being a part of the section, being a fan, I respect everybody's beliefs. I respect everybody. You know, we all root for the same thing, no matter what. Now, when it comes to the point of the player, we got to respect their, their opinions and beliefs too. Because right. they're human. And, you know, in my opinion, people are making, I don't want to say people are making a big deal about it, but people are kind of making a big deal about it. It's like I'm in the middle in, this, in that sense because I could see both sides again on, on, on that spectrum. So that's all I'm going to say on that. Because yeah. I, you know, it's, it's definitely like one of those, like you got to watch where you're stepping and stuff and watch what you're saying at that point in time so i right. know that this this can be a powerful tool uh, in that sense but i respect both sides and on the matter i respect the player for their beliefs and i respect the you know 
I respect the fans for what they believe in, but there's this angry mob mentality where it's just like, oh, things got to change. This, this is, it's going to happen. The change is going to happen no matter it, what. It's, it's uh, it, for me, it's poor execution by the NHL. Yeah. That's what it looks like to me. Seriously. Like, again, um, we're allowed, I, 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 like, if it's just a bunch of us going out and playing hockey and not, not under a contract, and some of us are choosing to wear a jersey and others aren't, then it's like, okay, I'll put the rainbow, rainbow jersey on. But if you're not, that's cool. That's fine. That's your opinion. Yeah. Yeah. You'll come along eventually and understand what this is signifying. Um, but as a league, to do this and not have the contracts or have the agreement that we're all in this together versus displaying a division within the league or potentially division within teams. Right. They could be very passionate on the team about LGBTQ rights. And now they're seeing a player who is not, and now they're offended. And I hope that doesn't work, diminish or erode the cohesion of that team because of that. Yeah. I, I, I also just um, think it's a, it's, a result of clickbait culture that if it was just a guy saying, I don't want to wear this Jersey, I don't think people would care that much. And how many times on, you know, whether it's Tucker Carlson or joy Reed, do they cover anything having to do with hockey? Unless it has, unless you could divide people and politicize everything. And then they're going to talk about this and they're either going to say this player is a bigot or this player is like a freedom fighter and a hero uh, because it divides people and where, by the way, where to blame when we talk about like, why isn't this covered? Why isn't that covered? That's right. I always say on the show, if we didn't click on this stuff so much, if we didn't watch this stuff so much, it wouldn't be covered so much. But oh, it's man. covered ad nauseum because we love anything that divides us. We are addicted to this like hatred of the other side. I, I viewed this as a non-issue. <laughs> like it just, when it, I when agree. it like when, so when you're asking about it, like Ian, I, I wasn't even thinking about it because I thought like, <laughs> This is this is just poor execution. And and as you were saying, like this is becoming a bigger issue than it really needs to be. And I just ignored it the whole time. And yeah. and not and not only that, too, but when it comes to Christian mentioned it earlier and just wanted to just spotlight on this. These are teams that, you know, go out there. They're not mandated by the league. You know, you got hockey fights cancer night that's mandated where all 32 teams right. wear right. special hockey fights cancer jerseys. Right. right? St. Patrick's Day. People wearing the St. Patrick's Day jerseys, that's mandated by the league. And the veteran jerseys, the military jerseys, that's mandated by the league. The the you know the the Pride Night stuff, that's all team affiliated stuff. If, if a team wants to go out there and wear a, a Pride jersey, by all means do it. But if they don't want to, that's fine. But as long as you know if there's a Pride Night that the team you know does, I know that the Islanders had a Pride Pride Night. They did it. They put all rainbow ads around the glass. They try and, you know, make it as pride as possible. It, you know, they, they try and do it like that. I know the Kraken have done it to that extent, too. Nice jerseys, you know, beautiful way of trying to bring the community together. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, you know, it's it we're ma- again, it, there's bigger things that we're going to that we're going to worry about here. You know what I mean? It's, right. it's, why, it's why create the potential of division? Is right. What I'm- yeah. Is in the world right now that's already on the verge of going down the, the shit or anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, the Tucker Carlson Joy Reid hockey show, that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's but yeah, anything that, that they could 
politicized, they're going to cover. And yeah, that's just how it is in today's world. I, I, I did want to, you know, as we wrap things up, actually like get into the hockey aspect again of everything, which is why we're here. And I figured I would ask you guys, um, you know, we started off the show saying, how do you think the Kraken are going to fare in the playoffs? How do you think the Islanders are going to fare in the playoffs? Are we going to see them make the next round? I mean, what are your predictions for who we see in the cup? I think the obvious is people are probably going to say Bruins and I guess Las Vegas. I think those would be the favorites. Um, but do you think we might see some upsets? Okay, Chris, let's start uh, off with you first. Man, the Bruins, like the goaltending alone. Like that's their, that they got what both, both of their goalies are what, like they're like 92, 93% save average or both of them. Um, what, what's the award for like the team's best, not, not, not just the goalie, but like together. Um, I think the master Masterson trophy. It's, I think they're up for that. Like it's incredible. Like their, their goaltending is so solid. And, uh, and, and of course the, the team's just solid. The depth is incredible. So I, I think it's Bruins. I, I, and you're, you're, you're forcing me to say Vegas. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> And I just can't stand Vegas because, again, as a Caps fan growing up, and then the, the Caps are in the playoffs for the I mean the Stanley Cup again and against the Vegas Knights on their first season, and they almost lose to them for the Stanley Cup. That's just insult to injury. Um, and to see them again in the Stanley Cup after what? How many years now? Six as a team. Yeah. Ah, but it may be them. It may be Vegas and in Boston. I, I'm sorry, the um, Kraken fans. I'm sorry, we're not we're not making it all the way. Not not with the goaltending. No, I, I don't I don't think so either with the with the Kraken. I, I think the Kraken, the mate, to start off with them, their goalie situation is isn't isn't what it is. Uh, you know, their their whole they're great offensively. They'll be there within the next year. By the way, love John Forsland. Uh, doing the games with you guys got a chance to interview him and meet him nice one of the nicer oh, guys oh, that's yeah. great. John Forslund you know what happened with him in Carolina it is what it is happy to see him getting a another chance up in uh Seattle for sure calling games for you guys so definitely a, a broadcasting legend in, in that regard but I don't see Seattle making it past the first round uh I out of the west you know McDavid and Drysaddle are so good but they're just too top heavy and their goaltending is very shaky uh, at that. You're really relying on, and even though Stuart Skinner's had a great year unknown there, LA is, is a good young team coming up. Uh, definitely, definitely a team that's definitely going to be reckoned with uh, over the course of time. I really like the Dallas stars a lot uh, in that sense, because of their, because of where there are Jake Ottinger is a goalie to me that can really, and I mean, really steal a series. He almost stole a series last year and he put his name on the map against Calgary, one of the best teams in the league last year. And the way how they've been playing, uh, definitely, and Jason Robertson's been playing unbelievable. I could definitely see the Stars making it to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, an upset could be a Bruin uh, in the uh, in the Vegas Jet series. I think the Jets can definitely, huh. with Connor Hellebuck, I don't see Vegas as as you know, as a favorite, as everybody's saying them out to be, I think they have a couple of glaring weaknesses, but I think the hot, the hot team right now going into it is the jets. I think the jets should be 
watched out should be looked at as a team that could definitely do some upsets. I could see the Stars making it to the, to the uh, Stanley Cup final. In fact, that's who I'm going to pick out of the West. I'm going to say the Stars coming out of the wow. West. I'm going to say the Stars coming out of the West because they've been playing consistently throughout the year. And that's something that you want to see. Uh, out of the East, I mean, you got the Bruins. Like you said, they're tough, but they they lost out on some pretty bad games against some bad teams, you know, to end the year uh, during the year. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know about them. Losses, like 19 total losses or what do they have total regulation losses? Uh, pull could, it up. Yeah, that's a good question. I could actually I actually have the. Uh, <laughs> Right thinking here. like how many losses you actually have to be that ugly or yeah so well, only 12 regular losses and five overtime losses i mean they are head and shoulders above the maple leafs who's the second best yeah i don't usually the president's trophy winners never fare well it is like, it, you're absolutely right yeah they never fare well i mean we can look back everybody <laughs> mentions everybody mentions the uh the 2019 lightning when they made that run and they got swept by the by a team that went all in in the Blue Jackets and they wound up losing to the Bruins the following round. Caps did the same thing. Yeah. Caps yeah. went to President Trevi and then Rangers did too. Rangers did too back in what was it, 2015 when they lost to the Lightning. Uh yeah, I could see Toronto beating Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, the Devils. I could see the Devils beating the Rangers, but I see the Rangers winning. Uh, and the Islanders and the, uh, and the Hurricanes, man, I think that series can go seven, you know, the East is going to be so tough, but I could definitely see the, uh, the stars playing up against like the, the Leafs in in the, in the Stanley cup final. Leafs in the Stanley cup. I could, I could, you know, it, it pains me to say that because of what John Tavares did with, with him going up there. And I know that some some fans are going to be crazy, you know, calling me, looking at me crazy. I could see the Islanders making it to the Stanley Cup final too. Stay, uh, love it. Well, okay, now you're getting there. I can, <laughs> but they the Islanders need to fix it up on the power play a little bit, and they got to rely oh, yeah. on a little bit of magic. You know, the Islanders. I'll I'll end it like this. You know, the Islanders to me with their with their situation, with their uh, their uh, power play has been atrocious. But you know what? I'll go with the favorite. How about this? I'll go with Stars and Bruins just because. Stars and Bruins. I know I said Maple Leafs earlier, but I just – I nah. I opened up with uh, – I, I was happy with my crack and not being up against Dallas. Yeah. You, you're you got to go up, you gotta go up against Carolina uh, – not Carolina. You got to go up against Colorado, though. So Colorado or Dallas, <laughs> I'm happy going against Colorado. Yeah. You're saying that Dallas can make it to the cup. I think Dallas can make it to the cup. They've been the more consistent team, but if Colorado can get those guys back healthy, you know, the yeah. McKinnon's, the rant, even though McKinnon's been playing well, Rantanen and, uh, and Miko, you know, just going out and Landis excuse me. And they've, they've gotten Lars Eller too along the way with, with the great defensive play from uh, Cal McCarr, they can go far. They can go far, but I like the stars. Hey, uh, They've been more consistent. I'm always impressed whenever I see Vegas play, just the size of that team. Oh yeah. Like there are some big boys in that team. <laughs> and so that's another good thing in the playoffs, right? Like anything's possible. Their goalie situation to me though, with Vegas, eh, it's just, 
you know, are, are you really going to rely on uh, Lauren Broussant to win you a series or win you a cup? You know, anything's possible, but right. I, I just don't see it. What, what do you think of? Sorry, what were you saying? Well, I was just going to joke about the podcast ratings for, for Will going up because he just said, you know, Toronto's going to win the cup and now all of Canada is a buzz. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I was just going to ask, since you've been to every arena, Will, what do you think of the Vegas fan base? Because I always think of like Vegas having a hockey team. It's so many people who just fly into Vegas for other things. And it's like, let's go see a hockey game while we're here. Do you think it's a diehard fan base there? Because... Yeah, a lot of the people I know now who move to Vegas, they kind of just lay low. They don't go to uh, the casinos or the shows. Uh, I don't know if they're going to hockey games regularly. I don't know if it's a fan base like the Kraken or the Islanders have. Well, what I will say is with the the Golden Knights, they have a top show entertainment. What you what you say? They bring out the showgirls. Right. They got you know they got the, the mascot, the the snake mascot chance. Uh, team store is nice and, uh, you know, the facilities aren't, aren't that bad. They're, it's a new, it's a new arena and UFC is always there. That's their home base. So, but that's the thing. Do you get the feeling it's a lot of people just flying into Vegas to see a game or it's I, their I hometown do, I team? Do, I do to an extent, but you got to think about it like this too. They never experienced losing yet. They don't know what it's like to lose yet. And have and they've traded away draft picks along the way that can help them out. Yeah, it, it helps out your team now trading away your future. But when you're in a market like that, you you're always you're always wanting to win now. But Ian, you're right to that extent where you see a lot of opposing fan bases going over there just for the tourist sites and stuff. But in in all in all reality speaking, when we're looking at this team right now and their fans. They haven't experienced losing yet. We're opposed to as Seattle. They had, they oh, had the, <laughs> they had the Supersonics, right? You oh, know, yeah. they got the Mariners. They know what it's like to lose. You know, the Seahawks before they they got Russell Wilson. Right. You know, they weren't they weren't good to that extent. You want to talk about Matt Hasselbeck and them leading them to Super Bowl forty? Okay, we'll take that. But you know. <laughs> It's not it's not one of those and the Islanders with the fake owner and, you know, and the fish. Oh, yeah. All that. Oh, my God. I love we, that documentary, we, man. We, we, we could talk about that all, all, all day long. But at the end of the day, the Knights haven't experienced losing. yet. That's true. Chris, have you they ever seen that experience? A couple of losing that's, years. That's that's developing a core fan base. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen that, though? The, the John Spano 30 for 30. This... Heard, yeah. Yeah. I, I need to go back and review it again. It's yeah. the best, man. I mean, Gold. it is so crazy to see this guy who perpetuated that he was a multimillionaire was really, and he was he was our age, Will. He was like in his, I think, younger than us, even though yeah. he did not look it, and was probably worth like a hundred thousand. Bought a hockey team somehow. I mean, this was pre nine eleven, before they were vetting everybody and vetting every business the way that they do now. But it's yeah, it's amazing to see, man. Um, you know, there. <laughs> what we say that again? All smoke and mirrors. Yeah, all smoke and mirrors yeah. for sure. I was gonna say though, with the Vegas fan base, the thing you know, just to wrap up what I was saying about that, the reason I feel like it's just people flying in is I saw like a quick, it wasn't a documentary, but it was a quick like thing they did, I believe, on ESPN about Pete Rose and how every day, and I think he's still doing this of Pete Rose's life, he just goes to one of those uh, sports stores and signs autographs, and every day they're like, "Ladies and gentlemen, Charlie Hustle, Pete Rose." 
and he just sits at a desk and he signs baseballs all day. He'll, he'll, you'll, you have to pay a little bit more for him to write. I'm sorry. I bet on baseball. And he was very candid about it. He was honest. He was just said, I'd rather be living in somewhere like New York or LA. He goes, but I can make a great living out here. But I just think for a guy like that, he's obviously a really smart guy. When you hear him interviewed, I think it's gotta be monotonous and probably torturous to some extent to, you know, he's not broadcasting games. He's not doing what he's passionate about. He's just sitting at a desk signing baseballs all day. And I just was thinking about that with, why is he able to do that? Because people fly into Vegas all the time and it's, hey, we'll go do this. I'll get a baseball signed by Pete Rose. Just like, hey, we'll go see a hockey game. And that's why I wonder, is it really a fan base or is it just that so many people go to Vegas for all different types of things and get to experience that as well? I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. I met Pete Rose and the same thing too. Like you get to sign a baseball, you get a, you get him to pay, you know, 60 bucks and an extra 20 to write an insignia on it, all-time hit king, sorry I bet on baseball, Charlie Hustle, whatever it is. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing. And, you know, you you deal with him for like 15 seconds, you move on, take a photo with him, and that's it. But to get back to the Vegas thing, you know, it's uh, – they need to lose. They need to – I hate to say it like that, but the, those fans need to experience what losing is like. And then you develop the loyal fans that have been through through thick and thin instead of what you're seeing right now what's up chris you need to experience being a mariners fan for a little while yeah (laughs) pretty much yeah we had the most wins we tied the most wins in 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 major league baseball 2001 with ichiro first year of ichiro goes down right after that it's it's like man the slope like they need like a grade of like how steep this is be careful like this is a deep slope and it's long yeah some of it true. sometimes it could be long sometimes have and you guys ever seen the um pete rose interviews that he either did with he did he did some with mike francesa and some with howard stern because no he, he has one of the funniest lines that he said in both interviews that i always think of because howard asked him about this and then uh mike francesa asked him about it in a separate interview and he asked about, uh, you know, his friendship with Joe DiMaggio, because I guess they got to do some stuff overseas. I think they did like a uh, what What would it be when baseball players get to meet um, veterans overseas? It's like a, what type of tour is it called again? USO? Yeah, they did some type of USO tour. And, and Pete Rose said that he had to shower like in the jungles with Joe DiMaggio. And of course, Howard is asking about like <laughs> it's Howard. He's asking about like Joe DiMaggio's cock or whatever. And uh, <laughs> Pete Rose had the line where he's like, the only way that I could describe Joe DiMaggio is he was a penis with a man attached to him. <laughs> <laughs> and I always thought that was funny. And he said the same line on Francesca. You know, like Francesca is like, <laughs> like he's. He, back in his chair like holy shit for howard they say that stuff all the time but anyway uh, will you got to go to like a wedding right we should probably wrap this up (laughs) (laughs) that's okay i've had fun i've had fun talking about it just going to the church and seeing somebody no big deal (laughs) (laughs) it's been fun here on the island uh getting married over in queens so and they're having the, the little reception a little bit later on out in the island so. Well, I know if you guys, uh, if you want to follow Will, it's at Will Chiarucci on Twitter and Instagram, and then just at On The Board Sports, right? Yes. And and Chris, is the best way for people to find you, really? I know you're on LinkedIn, but also continuaconsulting.com, but that's yeah. your education that you do. Is there anywhere else that people should look you up? Uh, we're going to get our podcast back up again, um, Schoolhouse Talk, um, talking about issues that are 
uh, unfortunately, school systems and schools have become kind of like the the um, what's the word I'm trying to say the 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 um, culture wars are just all over schools right now, and it's pretty complicated stuff. And so that's what we're talking about on the podcast to kind of clarify a lot of the myths and disinformation around that. My only so, question is: Is it really going to go back up? Because I'm pretty sure in episode 114, which I know is way back, you were like, "We're going to do this," and yeah, now um, we're in episode 183. I got a publisher who's in, we're trying, we're writing a book and a publisher wants us to get this back up. So, okay, cool. So schoolhouse talk, it'll be on all, it's already on all podcast platforms, right? You just haven't updated. Yeah. It. There's some old episodes on there. Yes. Cool. Yeah. And continue consulting.com. And, and if you're in Seattle at a Kraken game, you should put Chris's yeah. name in to be honored as a veteran at the game. <laughs> <laughs> we're in section 24. If you want to stop by and say hi. So you have season arena. tickets as well, right? Season tickets, section 24. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful arena. Love Seattle. Definitely got to meet you up in Seattle one day, Chris. Absolutely, man. And I love New York. I haven't been there in a minute. So come here. Come here to an Islander game. We'd love to meet you, man. All right. You too. Yeah, it would be cool, man. I've I've been trying to get Chris Peranto to come to New York. And the last time he was here was uh, 2019. We did the first podcast. And that was three and a half years ago. But you also know Chris. He's like, I'm not going to that dump. And he's, uh, Chris lives like, you probably haven't seen where Chris lives now, but I've been there and it is truly the middle of nowhere, Kansas. Like this is not Kansas city. You fly to, it's like nothing I've ever seen. You fly into Kansas city and you drive an hour and a half and it's all cornfields. There's not even a rest stop. And he loves it. He was all, and everybody there just likes to shoot guns. And like, that's the hobby. That's what they're into. Wow. Crazy. All right. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy talk yeah. about living in the middle of nowhere oh my god he loves it though i i don't I, you know I've been i don't there. blame him it's cool uh, yeah but you would i think you or i would get bored <laughs> as when, long as you got your phone and internet connection you're good just keep you your supplies. <laughs> yeah i mean you you won't be going to a hockey game there uh for sure but this was this was great hopefully the audience enjoyed it i you know as much as i love talking special operations and talking second amendment stuff um i i like to switch it up just like i love to have musicians on and do that type of thing um it was cool to do this it was just the timing was perfect as i said with both these teams in the wild card so hopefully you guys are enjoying by the time that you heard this hopefully our teams won their first games um and as always leave us a review on apple podcasts uh subscribe on youtube and if you haven't had enough of these guys go back and listen to episode 114 for more chris dykos and episode 63 for Will Chiarucci. And I should say, Chris, episode 114, the first one you were on, is one of the most listened to episodes. Wow. Um, partially because, I'll be fair, if you remember the title was... Oh, yeah, um, the CIA. <laughs> CIA contractors turned hired hitmen. I mean, that was as clickbait of a title as it gets. So, so I get people asking me, like, were you a CIA hitman? <laughs> no, no, no. Read the full title. That's not me. Yeah, I remember you were like, could you please put comma and Chris Dykos? And it's just, it's one of those things that we talk about the clickbait culture. It is true. I try to make these titles things people are going to want to click on. And then maybe when they listen to the episode, they'll get something out of it. the Canadian border all the time now. Yeah. <laughs> that would be funny if you got stopped because of that. They just Google Chris Dykos and that's what they say. All right. Well, this was great. Thanks again, guys. Thank, Thank you. you, Chris. A pleasure, man. Thank you. Thank you for everything. That's all for this episode of Battleline Podcast. 
but we're always posting new content on social media. Follow us on Instagram at Battleline Podcast and on Twitter at Battleline Pod. That's an order. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes up every Tuesday. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. Believe in yourself. Face all challenges head on. And as always, never quit.